your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Anchor Up Podcast brought to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GDSU Athletics. Your health, our passion. Today is Thursday, March 25th. Jake Levy, Tim Knott here with you. Another week goes by, and another Laker is a national champion. Grayson Seagard with two national titles on the diving board, the one-meter and the three-meter, the highlight of an overall fantastic national championship weekend for swimming and diving down in Birmingham, Alabama. That will kick off our weekly recap. We'll also have a preview of everything going on coming up this week. A ton of sporting events over these next few weeks as these fall sports are underway, spring sports are underway, and of course now with swimming and diving just now wrapped up. We've just finished with our winter sports just in time for spring. So with all that being said, Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great. Boy, I tell you what, what a what a whirlwind weekend it was last weekend. With uh, was that a pun for the yeah, tornado or yeah, what? Yeah, we, you know they did have a, a uh, <laughs> the tornado alarm go off today, um, or, or on Wednesday. So yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we had virtually what 17 sports going. I yep. think last weekend. That's <laughs> what it felt like. I told my wife a week ago. I said, well, on Tuesday, I think I said, I'll see you. I'll see you in a couple weeks. See you whenever. See you, see you in a couple weeks. But you know it's a lot of fun. Uh, teams, there's some great performances, some 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 teams that wanted to probably get their performances back. Um, some k- kids that really had some outstanding swims at the NCAA championships, uh, some outstanding f- finishes overall. So we're we're excited to have them back. Yeah, let's recap everything that happened over the last week. We got a lot to get to. Grayson Seagard, by the way, is going to join us later on in the program. Another Zoom interview with a national champion. We talked to three national champions in two weeks. It's pretty good. Uh, Pretty good numbers for us. We're, well, we're, you know, the national champions like to hang out with us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, let's, uh, let's not be I'm, That's, that's really, what it is, yeah. yeah. That, that's the right that you get. If Absolutely. you win a national championship yeah. at Grand Valley, you get the right to talk to Tim and Jake on the Anchor Up <laughs> you, podcast. Yeah, the Anchor Up podcast, man. But our weekly recap is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Here for you now, more than ever, confidence comes with every card. And we start with recapping that swimming and diving weekend. The number that jumps out to me, how about six Top 10 finishes since 2009, an unbelievable run of sustainability for that swimming and diving program, and they do it again. Both teams in the top 10, another great weekend, Tim, and you were there to cover every single day of it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, we'll start it off with uh, Grayson Seagard. Um, she claimed the one-meter championship. Well, the first day was kind of weird because of tornadoes actually going through That's Birmingham, what I was Alabama. referencing, not the, I, I was talking uh, about the siren else. here today. Something different. Um, uh they kind of had to, re, you know, shuffle um, the events, and then th- there became some timed events, and and so Grayson actually dove on back-to-back days. She won the one-meter championship, was outstanding throughout. Um, she was number one seed going in at, through pre- prelims, continued to dive well, claimed the one-meter championship, and then she came back a day later and uh, claimed the three-meter uh, championship in in fine fashion. I should, uh, you know, she was the number one seed going into the after the prelims. And a, a diver from Colorado Mesa was diving really well, and she was really hitting her dives. And she actually overtook Grayson. And on Grayson's last dive, she needed around 50 points uh, to claim the national championship. And she uh, stuck her j- dive in and uh, scored 52 points and cl- claimed the national championship on her last dive of the event. So what an outstanding job, you know, by Grayson. And, and just an outstanding job overall by the Lakers. Uh, 
We had, um, I think we had 36 All-American honors earned at the NCAA championships on, on both the men's and women's side. Uh, Eric Heber, uh, Roger Moretzala, uh, and Oscar uh, Sara Armigel, uh, all earned All-American honors in their individual events. Uh, on the diving side, um, uh, Steve Bursiaga was named the Diving Coach of the Year, along with Grayson being named the, dive, the, the Women's Diver of the Year. Uh, we had eight all eight All-American honors uh, through our diving. And so just outstanding job by those uh, kids. Molina to court earned All-American honors. And uh, so, you know, overall, a great performance. Like you said, a fifth-place finish for the women a, and an eighth-place finish for the men. Yeah, really, really good numbers on both sides. And with that, they take the next couple of months off and get back ready for it. But, you know, we talked about it with Coach afterwards that, you know, Coach Boyce was talking about, you know, last year, they get the dives in, and then they get national championships taken away basically while they're in the pool. Mm -hmm. They have to get out, dry off, and leave. So to come all the way back 365 days later and get that experience was a little emotional for them to have that opportunity. Of course, everything was different because of the COVID protocols. It's not quite the same. You know how loud those pools can be oh, when crazy. those fans yeah. are in there. and it, it, The energy is at the utmost. But they still found a way to cheer each other on. And, you know, Coach was talking about how they, uh, they pride themselves, the Lakers do, on being one of the most rowdy bunches in the pool no matter what. So they gave themselves a little bit of advantage that way. Plus they had a ton of people down there participating, which helped as well. And the Lakers put two really strong team finishes. And, of course, they highlighted Grayson as the national champion. That kicks off our weekly recap elsewhere back here in Allendale. It was a big one. We built it as the battle for first place in the GLIAC South Division. And Grand Valley State made short work of the Ashland Eagles on the volleyball floor. The Lakers won 3-0 and 3-0 on back-to-back -back days. Really, really impressive performance from the Laker volleyball team. That Tim, you've talked about it a lot through this podcast. We've watched them get better week in and week mm -hmm. out and keep on improving. And you know, obviously, Allie Thompson's been fantastic. She had 19 kills in uh, the first match, including nine in the first set. She led them to victory. Then in the second day, even though Allie did hit on the outside again, which was the first time she's done that this year, it was still a more varied load. Allie only had 35 swings as compared to 50 total attacks the day before, but Sarah White was fantastic. We've seen her really come on strong these last couple of weeks as well. They've been looking for that other piece from the right side, and Sarah kind of has risen to the top there in that battle with uh, Lisa Sullivan. So as they figure out the right side and everything starts to come together, plus Jayliana Prime Jayla Wesley in the middle. They've been really, really good. The Laker defense has been fantastic. You know, Abby Graham, who is actually an outside hitter, looked really, really good at libero, I thought, Friday night. Then Carly Kaharchek gets thrown in there for the first time. Didn't miss a beat. She looked great back in that libero spot as well. So the Lakers are getting a full team effort, and uh, Coach Scanlon and Coach Johnson really have them playing some high-level volleyball right now. Well, it's a interesting, very interesting because uh, Coach Scanlon is really playing with their lineup. I mean, she's yeah. moving – kids around, which is what you want to do. There is no, there is no NCAA tournament at the end of the deal. They're going to have a GLIAC tournament, and they'll crown a GLIAC champion. But she's really preparing for next year, and, and right. she's using this as a springboard to next year by juggling her lineup and having kids play different positions. And those kids are really excelling, and she's kind of finding out you know, where those pieces fit, and that's going to jumpstart them for next year. Absolutely, and uh, the other good news for them as well is, is they got their premier setter back. We've talked a lot about mm -hmm. her, Erin O'Leary. We hadn't gotten a chance to see her on the volleyball floor battling through some injuries, but she was able to get back. She was cleared to play front row, so we got to watch her do a little bit of what she does best. And, boy, I tell you what, her movement, her smarts, the way that she moves the ball around, spreads the offense out. She looks really, really good in that setter position. The combo of her and Rachel Jackway is a really, really good combination for the Lakers right now. Well, yeah, it is. It's at 6-2, and, and Coach Scanlon has used that 6-2 to her, to her advantage throughout the years. 
And it just sets your offense up having those two setters because you can really go to either side at any time when you when you're setting the the uh, the hitters. And and I thought Ellie Thompson really played well from the back row with her uh, kills in the against Ashland. Uh, she really was impressive. Yeah, they used her at all six rotations basically to get some swings and get some kills in there. And then what I thought was really cool on day two was that both Aaron and Rachel were going on to quite a bit because t the Ashland Eagles made the adjustment. They said, okay, Allie Thompson's not going to beat us. So yeah. They started sliding their middle to that side to preemptively block her and make things difficult. So Aaron and Rachel just took what was given to them and went on two. I think Aaron had four kills. Rachel had two. But one of them hit over 500. The other right. one hit 400. I mean, mm -hmm. a great job from the setter position to just take advantage of those opportunities. It uh, like kind of like a change-up or a pickoff move in baseball. It yeah, keeps it really the other is. team honest. It, it, it really does. And you mentioned it earlier. I thought the defense was very, was very, very good. Uh, that was one thing we weren't sure how we were going to be defensively with the pass-receive and then the, the pass to the setter. And uh, I thought we were exceptional in that area. So volleyball sweeps Ashland. Meanwhile, women's soccer, the other fall sport participating here in the spring, got underway this past weekend on the turf field as well. And the reigning national champions got off to a great start. They shut out Northern Michigan 7 to nothing behind a hat trick from Ava Cook, who was named the GLIAC Offensive Player of the Week on Friday night. Then they turn around on Sunday afternoon and draw with Michigan Tech. They've got a brand-new coach. They played a really interesting style, packing the box deep, made things difficult for the Lakers, and taking advantage of that smaller turf field. We're able to work out a 2-2 draw, and the Lakers are 1-0-1 to start the year. And it's worth noting, this wasn't even on their home soccer field, so I don't know if we count this or end the streak, but the Lakers hadn't given up a home goal since 2016 no, well, and hadn't given up a GLIAC goal since 2018. So uh, they've been so good on the defensive side, especially at home and especially on their home grass field. So the, the streak on their home field still stands, yeah, but in Allendale, they give up a goal for the first time since 2016, which is a downright lunacy stat. I know. That, that's crazy. It's crazy when you think about that. Which, you were being generous when you said Michigan Tech packed it in. I've never, you know, I mean, they packed it in beyond, beyond packing it in, in terms of not allowing the Lakers anything offensively on that, you know, like you, like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you had to enter the ball from the outside to even have any chance of, of getting a goal. Yeah, the only team I've seen pack it in more against Grand Valley in my time here was McKendry in the 2019 postseason. Yeah. They didn't even let their forward yeah. go past midfield. Yeah. They literally forced all 11 players to stay on their side of midfield. This was even after being down 2 nothing at halftime. <laughs> no, no, no. They came out in the second half and did the same thing. Like, you're not going to win if you can't score two goals. You're not going to score two goals if none of your players are on the offensive side of the field. But this was pretty close to that, the well, way that they were very limited in their attacks. But they were oppor opportunistic. They took advantage of those chances and scored off a set piece late to tie it, and everything kind of broke their way, and that's, that's the well, break. That's soccer. It's going to end up being a positive in terms of, you know, that's what the Lakers are going to see. They're going to see more more teams do that to them, and teams already do it um, to start with. But you have to, you know, you have to be patient. You have yep. to, you know, you really, really stay within your game. You can't, you can't, you know, try to do too much. Stay, stay patient with those sets, with those sets, and uh, you know, it's it's a great learning experience. I mean, it's a tie. It is what it is. Yeah, I'd much rather learn in a tie yeah, than right. learn in a loss. So, that's for sure. So, I'm I don't think the I don't think the uh, the pyramid's falling. I, 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 I think we're all right. On the other turf field, just about you know, maybe 100 yards away, women's lacrosse 
had their opening draw right as soccer was going to overtime. It was fun for me to try to be in two places at one time. That didn't work out so well for me. We do have video of you running across the soccer field, though. Yep. Hey, man. It's, it's called effort. Yeah, it was nice. But women's lacrosse took on Uindy, a top 10 battle in the nation. Former GLIAC foes Uindy left to join the GLVC, which formed women's lacrosse this year. So the non-conference matchup between the number 10 Lakers and the number 3 Greyhounds, we thought it was going to be a great, energetic, physical game, and that's exactly what we got. It also helped that fans were allowed in the stand, so that added a little bit to the energy. But I don't think this one needed any gasoline thrown on the fire because they were ready to go. The Lakers were down 7-3 to three at halftime, but boy, did they turn it around. Really only gave up one goal in the second half. Uwindy chucked one as the clock was, or the horn was sounding at the second half whistle, and it wound up going in. So technically, they win 9-7, to seven. but all in all, the Lakers only really gave up one goal in that second half. And it was really fun for me, Tim. You know, the, that exciting freshman class last year that helped the Lakers mm-hmm. beat Lindenwood we're about to come home and really kick it into high gear, and then the season got shut down. But Maddie Champagne, Molly Bergenger, they are really, really fun to watch. And then I, I think the Lakers have to be the most impressed with what their goalie, Peyton Neal, did in that game, She was, especially in that second half. She was fantastic with her stick. She cleaned up a bunch of rebounds, making some big free position shot saves as well. She really kept the Lakers in it and allowed that offense to get them back almost even. Uh, but, of course, the, the one goal that was scored – kept the Greyhounds just at enough arm's length. The Lakers were, you know, they called a timeout with 30 seconds left after UND clinched a draw control that was on the ground for seemingly forever. Had a pretty good design, but just couldn't get the ball back and basically just ran out of time Mm -hmm. is what it felt like. You know, with that 90-second shot clock, a 30-minute half really goes by quick if a team wants to and wants to to nurse the game, and that's exactly what the Greyhounds did. And, hey, that's what happens when you build a lead. That's why it's so important to get out to an early start. But nothing for the Lakers to hang their heads about. They certainly played tough, particularly on the defensive end in that second half, although it does wind up in a losing effort 9-7. to But they'll bounce back, and they still have an outside shot at the NCAA tournament. There's no automatic qualifier in women's lacrosse, but it is important to note that UND has to play Lindenwood twice. So as long as Grand Valley takes care of their business the rest of the way, if Lindenwood beats the Greyhounds twice, that gives the Lakers a pretty good edge of getting in over UND with this one being as close as it was. So we'll see what happens. You know, you're not usually Lindenwood Lions fans, but uh, we will be when those two teams get together, I think, here in these next couple of weeks. So the fact that the GLVC is formed actually might help the Lakers because now the Greyhounds have to face Lindenwood twice. And theoretically, if they lose both of those, the Lakers might get in RPI-wise over them and be that fourth team in the regional. So we'll see what happens. But the Lakers played well. Certainly will uh, learn from the loss and Hopefully that lights a little bit more of a fire under them than they had already, and they'll be ready to go even more. Well, I think, you know, Coach Mack alluded to it um, on the uh, sports report in terms of, you know, it was a great learning experience for her young team, and, mm-hmm. and, and they, they learned a lot. They learned that, hey, you, you got to, you know, there's two halves. They dominated play in the second half. We need to show up a little bit more in the first half. And uh, I think they, re, you know, maybe just a little shell-shocked Indy scored early, and, and, uh, but they, what a great comeback. Really played well down the stretch and uh, just came a little short, but it's a great learning experience for a young team with a lot of promise. Elsewhere around GVSU Athletics, softball went three and or three and one rather on the road in Ohio. They swept Ohio Dominican, then split with Walsh. Hannah Beatus threw an eight inning complete game shutout in the first game at ODU to get the win. The Laker pitching staff looking really really good, and Sammy Garrels, by the way, was able to make the trip with them. She joins them as some more reinforcements in the circle. Genesis Eggart also got another victory on the second day on Sunday against Walsh. So the Lakers 
3-1 and one they begin GLIAC play this week. We'll talk about that when we hit our preview. Baseball took on Tiffin for a home-and-home three-game series. Tennis is off to a really good start in GLIAC play. Both the men and women are 2-0 and oh after beating Ashland and Wayne State last week. Men's golf, how about this for a bounce back after that tough showing in their first tournament of the year? They turn around and win the SVSU Invitational against some really, really quality opponents. Charles DeLong shoots a final round 66. Team finishes five under. The women do the same thing. They win the Finley Spring Invitational. Katie Chipman, final round 66 as well. She shot 10 under for the week. What a performance by her and both golf teams getting it done when they really needed to. Kind of backs against the wall with as limited action as they get this year, and they really put on impressive showings when they need it and keep themselves alive for NCAA postseason contention. And then outdoor track and field had three GLIAC performers of the week and a strong start to the outdoor season. It's hard to believe that just right two weeks ago we were talking to national champions, and now they're off starting their uh, their outdoor season. It never ends for track and field. They they keep going almost as long as we do, Tim. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's a year-round sport for them. That, you know, in a n- normal year you go from cross-country to indoor track and field, to outdoor track and field, and uh, Coach Baltus uh, definitely earns his money during those events. And uh, you know they they started off where they left off in terms of their performances. And uh, you know th- that's one thing that he's always really done well. He's always taken those the cross country season and then gotten those individuals qualified early in those distance events because they're still right. on you know they're still training for basically cross country they do the same thing with outdoor track and field they hit hit a lot of those marks early in the year so they can train through and, and be uh, ready to go for the NCAA championships right which when, we're hosting this year exactly so once you hit those qualifying marks then you can work on yeah. building back up and you mm-hmm. can you know go through the process and know exactly how long you have to wait until you will uh, compete in those outdoor national championships where you don't have to go very far right here in Allen. It's usually pretty windy here in May, too, so you know, that'll it's, be interesting. It, it, it's, it's actually, you know, we've hosted them twice before, and uh, the wind does howl across the uh, driving range rather briskly. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a, f- a few things that they do. They they move the, the direction of the uh, sprints. If they need to, they have that opportunity. Uh, but, yes, the wind definitely does play a factor um, in the outdoor track field championships at uh, Laker at the Laker track. You got all that? It took 15 minutes to go through everything that happened just <laughs> yeah. last week because we've got a, such a busy slate. Your weekly recap brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Here for you now more than ever. Confidence comes with every car. Before we get to Grayson Seagard, first our great moments of the week brought to you by the Randy Catterberg Agency. I have a feeling Tim's just going to stay in the pool, so I'm going to go elsewhere. And uh, Some news from Grand Valley former athletes. Nick Kaiser was re-signed by the Kansas City Chiefs this week, so that news broke that he will get another crack with the uh, defending AFC champions and twice-removed Super Bowl champions. So congratulations to Nick Kaiser, a friend of the program who's been on the show before. I'm sure we'll be able to chat with him again and maybe the – Season gets back to a little bit more normalcy next year and compare and contrast the two for him. But good honors for him. He played a lot this year, really proved himself in a very, very good Kansas City Chiefs team. A a year where a lot of guys are taking cuts and getting left in the lurch because of this drop in the salary cap. Nick Kaiser becomes a really good commodity to have as a solid guy who's not commanding a ton of money yep. really fits nicely in the salary cap for this year and gives you some flexibility so makes sense on all sides and great for Nick to get to stay in Kansas City well he performed well he, he did his job he was you know paramount in the run game blocking the edge uh, and was able to you know get involved in the passing game a little bit but you know exactly what you said he fits into that cap space and that and that's what you need you need those individuals to fit to make everything work. Uh, and he's going to play on kickoff, punt return, kick return. No he doesn't question. care. He'll play on every single role. Co- Coach Mitchell talks about that all the time. Yep. What's your number one way to make yourself useful? 
go into the special teams coordinator's office and say, I want to play anything you got for me. Yeah, and, then, and that's exactly the mindset that Nick Kaiser takes, and that's why he's getting another opportunity in the NFL. Well, it's, you know, just a great deal for him. And uh, mine's, mine's going to be uh, Grayson Seagard, obviously. Uh, you know, <laughs> the winning the she becomes the 16th individual in swimming and diving history to capture both the one-meter and the three-meter at the same championship. She's Grand Valley State's first student-athlete ever to do that, to capture both in in, in one championship, and she did it in, fi- in fine fashion. I mean, last dive, you had to nail it. You're in second place. She nails it, claims the national championship. So great job by Grayson. Yeah, if you want to see that national championship clinching dive, you can go over to our GVSU Lakers Twitter account. We've got that video posted a couple of times because it was so impressive and such an awesome story. So those are our great moments of the week, brought to you by the Randy Catterberg Agency. And Tim's moment pivots nicely into our upcoming guest interview as Grayson's good enough to give us a little bit of her time. She's got a lot of schoolwork to catch up on after missing all of last week, being down in the pool down in Birmingham, Alabama. So she fit us into her busy schedule, but it's a fun interview. I hope you enjoy. It's brought to you by Coors Light, as all of our guest interviews are. So now here she is, the two-time diving national champion, Grayson Seagard. And with that, we have our very special guest this week, Grayson Seagard, a two-time national champion in one weekend on the diving board. An absolutely incredible performance by her this past week. Good enough to give us a little bit of time. Grayson, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. And uh, for starters, tell us a little bit about what was the experience like this weekend winning a couple of national championships and getting to compete down in Birmingham? Yeah, it was super fun. It was a really cool experience to go down there with our team. We did a really great job. And all of us were, we came together as a team and we did a really great job through it all. So it was fun. Obviously not the same, not having fans in there. What was it like without having all the fans and basically just having your teammates there cheering you on? Yeah, that was definitely really weird. COVID has definitely been really weird. I know all the athletes are kind of feeling the same way. Um, it's definitely hard to stay motivated when you don't see any fans in the stands and it's hard to, when nobody's pumping up the volume in the stands. So I know a lot of athletes are struggling with that right now. You had an incredible final dive and it came down to that final dive. Take us through kind of your mental state as you knew that you needed probably a 50 to win the national championship and then kind of what your approach was and how you felt when you came out of the pool there after that dive. Yeah, going into my last dive, I was kind of, I wasn't really focused on winning, really. I was kind of just more focused on getting my last dive out of the way and um, trying to get good scores on it. And, yeah. Did you know, like, what you needed or not? Like, what does, when you're, when you're diving like that, mentally, do you, do you kind of have an idea of where you're at in the standings? I mean, you, you look up and see the scores, you you know, and, and you can see where the where the previous diver is in terms of place. So do you have that in your mind? Yeah, I, did. I was kind of looking at the scores a little bit. I knew I needed about 50 points, but I wasn't really – I was trying not to focus on the scores right. too much, but I was kind of more focused on just doing my last dive and putting it in like I was practicing for practice. What are your conversations like with Coach Steve during a national championship meet? Like, is there any extra guidance that he gives you, or how does he approach those meets like that? Yeah, usually before every dive, I go over to him and get a last couple of um, helpful, like, tools to um, make sure, like, 
any pointers that I should look for before I go into my last dive? And he usually helps me with that. Well, you're the national diver of the year. He's the national coach of the year. So obviously you guys are working really well together. What's it like diving for Coach Steve on a regular basis? Yeah, um, it's really fun. I really like being a part of Grand Valley Swim and Dive team. It's been a really cool experience. I'm really happy to be on this team. Um, Steve is really good at coaching and being coaching all of us, and it's been really fun. Grayson, when, uh, when you transferred to Grand Valley, what went into that um, thought process? You're from Granville High School, and then you uh, went to North Carolina out of high school, and then you came back. What was the thought process in coming back? The thought process to coming back to Grand Valley? Yeah, to Grand Valley, right. Yeah, I kind of was just like, I don't know, I'm going to try to – I kind of decided to come to Grand Valley out of nowhere, really. I didn't really have a plan. But I was like, okay, Grand Valley kind of sounds cool. And Steve reached out to me, and it kind of went from there. So Right. Well, it turned into a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> so you started out just coming to Grand Valley just to go to school, and then he wanted to find you to take you to the diving team. What did he have to do to convince you to come back into the diving world? Yeah, so I started – so I wasn't going to dive really anymore. And then – I was just going to go to Grand Valley, be a student, but Steve reached out to me and was like, you should really think about coming and joining the team. And I was like, yeah, like, pre, like this is during COVID still. And I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. Like at the very last minute, I was like, okay, like, I think I'm going to try it. And then I reached out to him and I was like, I'm going to join the team. And then he was like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, how did you get into diving? And, and what, what age did you do it? Who kind of got you into it? How did you find it? How did you find up in this diving world? Yeah, so I started, I did gymnastics since I was in fourth grade. And I quit gymnastics in seventh grade. And that's when I transitioned to diving. And then ever since I started, I did diving ever since. And I was in club for a while, and yeah, I've been in club ever since, too. What drew you to the diving board instead of the gymnastics bars? Um, well, when I quit gymnastics, I really didn't know what sport to do, and I was like, okay, diving has some flips to do. It's <laughs> background, and it just seemed like it fit. How often do you see crossover between gymnastics and diving? Is that like a common pipeline or not really? Yeah, it is. And gymnastics background helps a lot because you do like a lot of the flips that gymnastics has as well. So it helps a lot. Gotcha. Talk about your experience with this team. Obviously coming during COVID, you haven't gotten to see the full experience of a, the team camaraderie, but what's it been like since you came? Have they been accepting of you? How has that interaction been? And how do the divers and the swimmers kind of get along together? You guys are, it seems like you guys are on the same team, but kind of separate most of the time. Yeah, honestly, it's been a great experience. I couldn't ask for a better one. I think the divers and the swimmers get along great in that, that the divers and swimmers part, I think we're really accepting of each other and we get along really, really well. 
it seems to me like every time I walk by the pool, at least you or somebody's on the diving board, somebody's in the pool. It's all day, every day practice. What's the schedule like for you throughout the year? And how do you balance that with your schoolwork and trying to be a human being? Yeah, so our, we have like two different schedule practices since our team is pretty big. And so one group will go to the first practice and then the other group will go to the second practice. That's usually the same for the swimmers. And then I usually balance my schoolwork. I try to get my schoolwork done in the morning or at night before. If I still have homework at night, I'll try to do it at night, but I usually try to get it all done in the morning before practice. So. When do you know if a dive is good? Like, do you know in the middle of it? Do you know when you're done it? Do you know when you go back and watch the film? Like, how do you know when you're in the middle of it? If this is a good dive or an average dive, how do you rate yourself during a dive? Yeah, I guess it depends on the dive, but sometimes you can tell if you get like a good hurdle or you can tell if, I guess, like I said, it depends on the dive, but you can, you can tell in the air if it's going to be a good dive or like when you go into the water, if it's like straight on, you can tell, or if it's over or long, then you, then you know. Oh, kind of like hitting the sweet spot on a bat. You know, if you hit it pure, you know, you know when you're in the air, if that flip was perfect and you can feel it the way you're coming down. I got you. That makes a lot of sense. Well, when you're what, sorry, <laughs> you kind of uh, lost, I lost connection for a second. Yeah. These fun zoom dives and zoom meetings that we get to do all throughout COVID. How's that been for you doing all your classes online? What was that like trying to, you know, get to a new school, get to a new system all while trying to deal with these online classes and zoom meetings and connections cutting out and all that fun stuff. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of sick of zoom now, but it's, <laughs> it's been okay. Honestly, I, I just, I'm a little like, sick of Zoom, but my classes have been, been pretty easy. So I'm an elementary education major, so they haven't been too hard. I'm just ready to get back to the in-person classes. Well, as somebody who wants to be a teacher, I could imagine so. What, uh, do you have a specific grade you'd like to teach? What's the uh, career goals for you once you're done in school? Yeah, I wanna teach kindergarten, that's my goal. But, and, so, yeah. How has it been being back? Obviously, Granville's not too far away. So how has it been, you know, obviously go, going down to Tobacco Road, a pretty far trip. How's it been being closer to home, closer to some family and friends and getting to do what you love back here? Yeah, that's been really nice being closer to home as this year has been a lot different than last year. I can come home whenever. So that's been really nice seeing family, like whenever I want and friends. Tim, you got anything else? No, that's it. Uh, great job, Grayson, and uh, congratulations on your national championships. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thanks, Grayson. Appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day. That interview with Grayson Seagard was brought to you by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. The Anchor Up podcast is also brought to you in part by NovaCare. Discover the power of physical therapy with the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics, PNC Bank, for the achiever in you. Brought to you by Earhart Construction right from the start. It's also brought to you by Homewood Suites Grand Rapids. Enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. The Anchor Up podcast also brought to you in part by Uccellos, where great food and sports come together. 
by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Mervyn Beverage reminding you to drink responsibly and also in part by Fox Motors. So Grayson Seagard, good enough to give us some time. And we knew she'd be busy, Tim. I mean, that's a long time to be miss away from school and a lot to focus on. And you, we see those divers and those swimmers all the time, like we talked about with her. Uh, you're there all the time, I feel like. Yeah, and, you know, they, they have their morning workouts. They have their afternoon workouts. For the NCAA championship, they left on Sunday and returned on Sunday, so they're gone a full week. Luckily, uh, in this era of Zoom, you know you can still you can still keep up on your schoolwork, but there's still, you still miss a lot because a lot of, you know Grand Valley State has gone back to in-person classes, so definitely missed a bunch of uh, school, but they were able to uh, uh, catch up on that though. And we catch up with her. Thanks again for her giving us some of her time to talk about the national championship. Fun to get to know her a little bit as well from right down the road in Granville. Well, let's take a look at what's coming up here this week, the Ziegler Automotive upcoming schedule. And we start with that big matchup on the volleyball floor, the GVSU Lakers with two losses on the season, host Michigan Tech with one loss. It's basically a battle for one of the top two spots in the GLIAC. Northern Michigan actually leads the conference because they're 9-1. and one. Michigan Tech had a couple of games canceled, so they're 7-1. and one. But still, one-loss team versus a two-loss team. And, you know, we said it last week playing Ashland. The Lakers had a chance to prove themselves. Well, this is really, you, know, you talk about Tech and Northern Michigan, this is the cream of the crop in the entire conference. So this will be fun to see what the Lakers look like going up against Michigan Tech, a team that's been to the NCAA regionals, a team that's hosted the GLIAC tournament, a team that has been really, really good for the last decade and see where the Lakers stack up. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's what the going to do they're going to evaluate where they stand now I mean you know they've made improvements throughout the year uh you know coming off a great uh sweep of Ashland now where do you stand against the top teams in the league and uh again we talked about this you know they're building for next year that's what this is, this is a building block for next year if you can win a Gleick championship when you're building for next year great and Coach Scanlon talked about it when she previewed the matchup for us on the GVSU sports report this week you know Grand Valley's probably a little bigger Michigan Tech's probably a little more athletic, so we'll see how those two things kind of square off and which one comes out on top, see if the Lakers' size and defensive prowess can give them the boost they need to get over the Huskies and be a really, really impressive win if they could do that. You know, the last two GLIAC tournaments, the Lakers have had to go up to home know, yeah. to face the Michigan Tech team that has ended their season in each of the last two years. This is another crack at the Huskies, see if the shoe can go on the other foot here this week. That kicks off our look at what's going on elsewhere in the Allendale area softball gets their GLIAC schedule underway on Thursday. They host Parkside. That's today at 2.30 p.m. They're back in action on Saturday against Ferris State at 1 p.m., then go on the road to Northwood on Sunday. All of that, of course, with outdoor sports as the weather cooperates, of course. So things are always subject to change. As a matter of fact, that doubleheader against Parkside was supposed to be at 3.30 today, moved it up an hour to avoid some weather that's supposed to come in late overnight. So hopefully the Lakers can get all six games in, but the GLIAC schedule coming fast and furious. Women's soccer is on the road this weekend. They visit Parkside on Friday, and then on Sunday they are at Purdue Northwest. Baseball has a four-game series at Purdue Northwest this weekend as well as they get GLIAC play underway. Women's lacrosse trying to shake off that tough loss to UIndy. They go on the road to Walsh on Friday. Tennis is back in action after that 2-0 start. The women face Saginaw Valley on Friday. Then both teams will take on Northwood on Saturday. And then outdoor track and field competing in North Carolina and Florida. And men's golf is at the Finley Spring Invite, which starts on Monday. So another really, really busy week coming up here. And, you know, we talked about volleyball a little bit, women's soccer, of course. Going to see how they respond after a 2-2 draw. Remember, that's a team that has been really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, and if you're going to come to the softball games, we do have to remind you they are open to the public. But just like with all of our events, if you're going to attend, it's important that you remember you wear a mask, 
stay socially distant, and make sure that you follow all those guidelines. We're really excited. You know, last week during this podcast, we said at the time fans still weren't allowed, and mm-hmm. the news broke, Correct. I think, like two hours after yeah, we recorded right. that the fans were allowed. So it was great to see all of you back inside our comfy confines last weekend, but it is important. If we want to keep it that way, we have to follow all these guidelines, and sometimes that means not seeing players directly after the game. means not being able to hug them like you'd want and see them and take them out to dinner and do all those things. But, hey, we're trying to find a way to get it back so that our fans can watch our student-athletes perform, see them, watch them do what they love to do live and in person. And it's going to take small baby steps and small increments, but if everybody does their part, everybody follows those rules, follows those guidelines, we're going to get back to normal sooner rather than later. Well, the only way we're going to be able to keep this going is by following those. I mean, if, if we don't do a good job of staying masked up and staying socially distanced at these events, when you see your, you know, not, not, getting too close to your student athletes after the event talk to them you know talk to them from a distance you know that's the only way we're going to be able to keep this going and let them compete throughout the rest of the school year all right that's very important as well the the number one thing is we want to make sure that our student athletes can compete then shortly after that we want to make sure that their friends and family can watch them do so in a safe manner so all of that to keep in mind but yeah a lot to look forward to this weekend as well a lot of events on the road this week we get to highlight softball and volleyball, which will be fun. Uh, you know, the thing about playing softball in March in Michigan is kind of crazy, but it's been in the 60s and yeah, 70s this past week. So, of course, that means that the rain will wait until we try to play some softball probably, here, right? Probably. And, you know, it was beautiful last Sunday for baseball, and, uh, you know, we're looking to continue those weather trends. A little, little, you know, sketchy, you know, forecast-wise, but I think we'll, we'll be able to get them all in. We'll try to find a way to maneuver around that weather and make sure we get all of our events in. Well, that's our show. We've got a really, really busy week ahead of us once again. Tim, did we miss anything? No, I think we're good. Uh, congratulations, Lakers swimming and diving team on their fifth and eighth place finish at the national championships and Grayson Seagard on becoming the uh, women's diver of the year and Steve Bersiago being named the women's diving coach of the year. Yeah, big thanks to Grayson for giving us some of her time to chat about her experience. Fun to get to know her a little bit. Thank you for joining us. Again, if you want any more information on all the things going around Laker Athletics, visit at GVSU Lakers on social media or go to GVSULakers.com. And, of course, you can also follow all of the individual sports accounts for updates on their schedules and everything else as they unfurl. So we'll talk to you again next week with a recap of all those games we just laid out for you. But until then, for Tim Knott, this is Jake Levy saying so long, and as always, anchor up.